1: Uh, bonjour, 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 and welcome to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or schedule a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me today is Dave Mackenzie. I- I'm going to stop doing this because you're joining me every day. Yeah, stop stop <laughs>
2: talking like I'm second fiddle, all right? I'm you with you co-host. whether you like it or Remember, not. You are co-host. Yeah, I'm giving myself that title whether you like it or not, pal. I'm co-host, but more importantly... It ain't about you or me because Absolutely. we have just got a man in the house. Simon Clark, How are you, Simon?
0: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here in Brussels and uh, ready for another month on the road.
2: So the boy from Selby, how many, how many tours is this for you now?
0: Yeah, number five for me. So uh, starting to rack them up uh, pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, every single one's a, a memory and an experience in itself. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm
1: looking forward to what this year holds. Tell us how how you guys are feeling as a professional rider, your few days, few hours from the the start of the the Tour de France, the Grand Tour. You had a great season so far. How are you guys feeling in your head?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're feeling really good, actually. Um, EF's had a great year so far. We've really stepped it up a notch as a team and as management as well. The the support team behind us, everyone from top to bottom, is really... uh, engaged in new gear and i think that that's more evident of the performances we've been uh, doing this year more so than even the riders themselves Uh, so with that confidence behind us uh, i'm really excited to see what we're able to do in this tour de france we have a super team here this year and everyone's super strong and and going really well so uh it's it's going to be it's going to be exciting month
1: so if we're not sitting on the fence what's what's the What's the target? What's the objective for this tour?
0: Uh, to win. We, we're here to win with Thuran, with Rigo. Uh, he's going as good as he was two years ago. Obviously, there's 12 stages to not lose the Tour de France before we start trying to win it. Uh, and so we'll have to check in after stage 12 to see how we're placed.
2: Hang before, on a minute. Uh, you, you haven't done your homework, mate. Stage 6, we've got uh, Planche de Belfi. <laughs> Some people walk up that, you realise, in real life. <laughs> true,
0: very true. But you're not going to win the Tour de France on stage six. Is it,
2: is it a, it's going to be the first test, though, don't you think? It's like it's a short climb, but it's a tough one, and it's proven that in the past, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's right. Uh, but if you look back, typically the gaps there, you're looking at maybe 20, 30 seconds. And in the scheme of things, very rarely do you win or lose the Tour de France apart from a few particular occasions, uh, Cadell, unfortunately, <laughs> losing by less than that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's not an important stage. Every stage here is super important. Uh, but in terms of winning the Tour de France, that comes later on. Uh, it's more about just staying on on bunch time, staying at the front, conceding as little time as possible, or gaining time in the, in the TTT and obviously in stage six and then uh, all in for, I believe it's stage 13, the, T, the first the yeah,
2: You're asking gone, the wrong so. guy. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me. That. Ask Matt Keenan that one. Yeah,
0: that is that is a keynote question. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I think it's, you know, in such a big challenge like Tour de France, it's quite important to try and simplify it down, particularly when you're... Trying to achieve such a big goal, and it can be overwhelming to come in and go. All right, we want to win Tour de France. It's like it's, it's a pretty uh, overwhelming objective. But if you break down uh, day by day, simple goals and 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 strategy, you can really simplify it and focus on the important things. And from that. I think uh, you can gain a pretty good result.
1: The team really turned it around in the last couple of years. You know, we know Cadendel at the time really struggled. You had to go through crowdfunding and so on. How's the spirit right now?
0: Ah, uh, it's at all time high. Uh, we really have EF to thank for that. Um, obviously, they came on board at the start of last year, but they came on board and kind of took a back seat and really, you know, they didn't really know much about cycling, even though they just bought a whole team and they really spent a year learning how cycling works and 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 trying to identify how they can effectively uh, raise the level of the organization and bring in the positive things that they have as a company into the cycling side of things and uh, that's exactly what they've executed on this year and you know we really feel like we're a part of the EF family and you know they've got 55,000 employees in 170 countries and to know that we have that kind of following and that kind of group of people behind us and it's not just a company that throws money on us to be their billboard for for the month of July, you know, they, they're out there with publicity tents and supporting us and uh, they're really active and that we really feel that as a team and we really want to... Um, Perform well for them, and for, we appreciate their support.
1: If we look at, of course, all those um, so-called favorites that dropped out over the last couple of weeks uh, or even months uh, for the Tour de France, did you have to adapt your preparation? Did you have to change maybe your target, change your change anything, even mentally?
0: Uh, me personally, no, because my captain is still in the race. <laughs> but I'm sure uh, if you're sitting and uh, ask that same question to to, to different guys. Like uh, maybe Michael Matthews, for example, that he could have a very different answer. But uh, for us, so far everything's on track. Uh, I think you know it's really unfortunate the crash that Chris Froome had, uh, and we all wish him the best in his recovery. Uh, But that's I think it's also going to make for a very exciting Tour de France this year. And I think uh, at the end of it, we'll look back at as this as one to remember.
2: Down to the nitty gritty, and I think. Well, it's been the case the last few years. You've been sort of the road captain, and now you've, you've gone from being one of the younger guys on a team you're one of the most experienced, and you've had not just in age, but in, in racing in these sorts of conditions. Is Rigo going to rely on you throughout the three weeks? As in, in the peloton, will he be following you? Will he be waiting for you to make the call? OK, we've got to, we've got to bridge this gap. If there's a split, or no, nope, sit, relax. You know, what happens there? Is there anyone else on the team? that you'll confide in yourself uh, or do you wear all of that responsibility?
0: Um, good question. Uh, I do work very closely with Rigo and, um, you know, my main goal when I'm ever at a race with him is 100% supporting him and that's no different uh, here, in, here in France. In saying that, we've got guys like Sebastian Langeveld, even TJ van in the in the mountains and we have experienced guys in this team so in terms of leaving all the decisions absolutely up to me i I probably would say no but a lot of uh i i do take on a lot of responsibility on the road mainly mainly not so much decision making but just keeping the boys united and and sticking together and following the race plan basically helping execute the director's race plan from the team bus I'm not really making that many personal decisions it's more about making decisions on the road that uh, helps achieve the goal that we decided when we're sitting on the bus Um, and whatever needs to be done to make sure that when we get onto the team bus we feel like we've done what what we set out to do then then they're the kind of decisions that I make and uh, but it's it's not you know I work very back and forth with the writers so it's, it's I'm never I'm not one that stands there screaming at guys and I never raise my voice it's very always never. You know, very rarely <laughs> <laughs> uh, just with the young guys to put them in their spot you know but we You're haven't got any of them to hear this <laughs> but uh, no I really like to keep a you know it's more of a friendship than anything and uh, you know what it goes it goes both ways and i'm always open to 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 other people's advice as well you know everyone sees things a little bit differently and and uh, different perspectives can also always be helpful in, in making decisions
2: is rigo uh, we we see different leaders a uh, different different uh, general classification riders uh, team leaders the way they ride in a peloton you know cadel Evans was a classic and you rode alongside cadel at world champs and stuff like that And later in his career, he'd ride at the front, top 10. And it wasn't like he... he, Yes, he had the team to support him, but he was there. Is Rigo a guy that you've got to, you know, keep dragging up, saying, come on, mate, we've got to move up? Or is he a guy that is, you know, naturally he stays near the front? What sort of a a team leader is he?
0: Yeah, uh, he's definitely not the guy that sits at the front. (laughs) Full stop. (laughs) He seems pretty relaxed. He's a pretty chilled out guy. He is the king of energy conservation, so... There's one thing to sit at the front, but to do that, you use energy. So if you can sit at the back for 90% of the time and then just be at the front when you need to be, then that's the ultimate situation. So 80, 80% of the time, just cruise around, let him sit where he wants to sit. And then I'm constantly checking in with the race situation, the parkour and what everything that's going on and deciding whether there's ever a need to adjust our bunch position, move forward and and that, and whatnot. But at the same time, keep in my mind that every time I move him, I'm using energy that he doesn't want to spend. Uh, and that's a tricky little game to play. And uh, I really had to refine that to really only highlight super important parts of the race to be at the front. But he also knows that when I say we got to go, we got to go and, and we move. So
2: do you say we gotta go or we say vamos vamos Rico <laughs> yeah,
0: how's your Spanish yeah. <laughs> no we speak in Italian <laughs> uh, he speaks perfect Italian and my wife's Italian so we, we yeah Italian's our our communication language which also uh, is why we work so well together because although he, he speaks reasonably good English um out on the road you know even speaking to other English speaking writers it's not always that easy to communicate and so the fact that we can both speak Italian well and understand each other very clearly is really helpful in for clear communication and then I can relay that through the team obviously in English uh, not that he can't speak english but you, you know when you're under the pressure and that it's always easy to speak in a, in a language that you're more comfortable with
1: have you been able to recall the first stage um, and also i mean part of the question is we know how much belgium like and love cycling how part of this you, you you're expecting the crowd to be on the side and treating you like rock stars basically
0: yeah i mean it, it's exciting i haven't uh i don't believe i've ridden a tour de france through belgium Uh, I think maybe the last one was 2016, which I missed. And I'm really looking forward to that. I don't do the flat classics, the cobbled classics, uh, and so I miss a lot of that uh, vibe. Uh, Although I do do the Ardennes and they have great support there, it's still not the same as the Flanders classics in terms of Belgian support. So that's going to be one pretty cool factor that I'm looking forward to the first couple of days of, of this year's Tour de France.
1: And that's first stage? What, what can we expect? Have you, have you recognized, have you done a recall of the, of the first stage?
0: Uh, to be honest, I haven't. Um, that's, we've spoken about it a little bit briefly in terms of uh, equipment and that kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll be going into that more detail in the next uh, couple of days before we kick off.
2: Uh, probably a, a sort of a side question, I guess, and away from uh, from your team. And I'm interested in this because I think you've raced with him at Mitchell and Scott. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Caleb Ewan now at Lotto Sudal, obviously massive day for him on the stage one, being a sprinter. All things considered, we expected it to be a bunch sprint. Can you get the job done?
0: Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. I, I'm I'm a big Caleb Ewan fan, and I'd be happy as anyone if if he could pull that off on the first day. Um, and I should point out
2: for your sake as well, and to the people listening, you guys don't really you don't have a designated sprinter. No,
0: no, we we're no, We have no interest in stage owners on on stage one. So, uh, if Caleb was to win, that would be perfect for our plan. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, um, Caleb's really, you know, he made a hard decision to leave uh, Mitchelton. Uh, And by the way he's been going and what he's been able to achieve, it's looked like he made the right decision. And uh, it just shows how uh, important it is to have a team behind you and really who believes in you and, and supports you not only verbally and, but also physically with the right support riders to deliver you to those stages. And uh, I think that uh, it's going to be exciting the next couple of years. You know, he's back in, you know, he's kind of unofficially following the Robbie McEwen footsteps and, you know, if he can achieve anything like what Robbie achieved, it would be pretty amazing, I think. So, yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting space to watch in the future.
1: Absolutely. And this tour as well sounds very exciting. Thank you, Simon, to uh, spare some time and join us in the podcast for, for the audience, the Australian audience.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. And hello to everyone back in Australia.
1: Thank you. And this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Remember that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. Or log in a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until the next podcast is bye for now.
0: A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it, your cycling buddies probably use it, and the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Watopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.